Memphis. From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Welcome to this special Friday edition of Washington Watch. I've been out this week on vacation, but given the events of this week and the questions that I've been getting, I felt it was important to discuss the facts as best as we know them and then try and gain the proper perspective so that we will respond appropriately. Now, let me say this from the outset. I am very, I'm very concerned about our country. I'm concerned about the fragility of our constitutional republic and the lawlessness that is steadily chipping away at its foundation. Now, my objective today is is not to repeat or rehash what has been recycling on the airwaves over the last four days, nor is it to incite greater hostility toward or fear of our government. My purpose is this. It is to help Christians, followers of Christ here in America, know how to respond to what is happening and to understand, I believe, the direction our country is going in. I believe it is imperative that we consider taking three actions, actions we often talk about here on Washington Watch, pray. I think we need to bathe everything in prayer. We need to pray about the direction of our country. And we need to vote. I think if that was, uh, if nothing else, that un- what's been happening underscores the need for every Christian to be registered and voting. And then we need to stand for truth. And we're going to unpack those three action items today. But first, we want to gain an understanding of what happened. First... I personally approve the decision to seek a search warrant in this matter. Second, the department does not take such a decision lightly. Where possible, it is standard practice to seek less intrusive means as an alternative to a search and to narrowly scope any search that is undertaken. That was Merrick Garland, Attorney General of the United States, raising more questions than he answered yesterday. And the questions we have, were the actions of the FBI and the Department of Justice unusual? If so, in what ways? We'll talk with the former acting secretary of the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, Chad Wolf, in just a moment. Are we seeing warning signs in the actions of our government? The next step in this process is going to be that people who are supporters of Donald Trump's or just conservatives complaining about this are going to begin to get harassed by, are going to begin to get labeled as potential insurrectionists and are going to begin to get harassed uh, by law enforcement. That's the next step in this playbook, sadly. That was U.S. Senator Marco Rubio of Florida. Now, during my time as chairman of the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom and working with oppressive foreign governments, and based upon my experience previously in the field of anti-terrorism, I would say that we have reason to be concerned. He will talk more about the tactics that Marxists use to destabilize, discredit, and then seize power with Larry Taunton, executive director of Fixed Point Foundation and an expert on Marxism. But then, then... What do we do with this information and knowledge? I believe that's the most important question. And how we answer it could determine the future of our republic. And I'll warn you in advance, this is where I will part ways with some of my conservative friends. My good friend, Pastor Jack Hibbs, senior pastor of Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, will join me as we answer that all-important question. The website, TonyPerkins.com, lots of resources there for you, so I encourage you to visit that site. Also, coming up, Pray, Vote, Stand Summit. If there were ever, ever a time to gather as believers to pray, to prepare to vote, and to stand for truth, now is the time. September the 14th through the 16th, the First Baptist Church in Atlanta, Georgia. To find out more, go to prayvotestand.org slash summit. Okay, the word for today coming from the Stand on the Word Bible reading plan is found in Psalm 109. It's verses 26 and 27. Help me, O Lord my God. Oh, save me according to your mercy, that they may know that this is your hand, that you, Lord, have done it. To join us in our Bible reading plan, go to frc.org slash Bible. And you can join me each weekday morning, 845 a.m. Eastern time for a short devotional based upon the reading plan. You can join either at TonyPerkins.com or on my Facebook page, at least for now, until they've canceled the Word of God. All right, yesterday... Approximately 72 hours after the FBI raided former President Trump's residence in Florida, Attorney General Merrick Garland finally emerged to break his silence. In a short, prepared statement, Garland confirmed that he personally approved the raid and rejected accusations of improper behavior by agents of the FBI or DOJ. But more questions and answers still remain. Current news reporting 
claim the nine-hour 30-agent raid was conducted to, or was connected, rather, to missing or improperly stored presidential records. Now, even that raises questions as to why a full-scale raid was necessary. Was it driven by politics or national security? Why did we not see the same action with Hillary Clinton and her illegal storage of top-secret information? With me now to talk about this is Chad Wolf, former acting secretary of the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and now chairman of the Center of Homeland Security and Immigration at American Family Policy Institute. Chad, welcome back to Washington Watch. Well, thanks for having me. All right. uh, First, I want to get your initial reaction to the raid. Well, I think it's an unfortunate uh, set of circumstances, and I think it it just uh, further polarizes the country. I think most Americans, as you indicated, Tony, see uh, a misapplication of the law, or at least not an equal application of the law. So whether you're talking about Hillary Clinton, and there's other examples of where uh, many, many conservatives, including the former president, are, are being treated one way and others are not. And I think that's really the most concerning thing that, that a lot of Americans are looking at is saying, why? Why did such dramatic steps have to take, have to be taken, uh, when the former president and his attorneys, counsel were cooperating, uh, with the federal government, with the FBI and others? And I think, you know, A.G. Garland basically said it uh, during his very short and brief press conference. He said routinely, our, our standard of practice is to, to use the least intrusive means to obtain this information. So the question back to the A.G. is, well, why didn't they do that here? Please lay out the circumstances where you couldn't use that least intrusive means or measures uh, to get the information you wanted. Why did you have to do such a, a, a raid at the president's uh, home in the manner in which it was conducted. I think that's really what many, many Americans really want answered at the end of the day. Uh, Chad, let me go back just a, a moment for the benefit of our viewers and listeners. You, while you served as acting uh, Secretary of Homeland Security, you, you've spent your entire career almost in the federal government. You've been in different uh, agencies at different levels, and so you're not new to law enforcement or new uh, to to the government. Um, this was highly unusual. I mean, when we, 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 I mentioned, uh, Hillary Clinton and, and I know that that happened under the Barack Obama administration where they, they, the FBI director Comey said, yes, she's got classified information, top secret information, but we're not going to recommend that they, uh, prosecute. Um, the, the Trump administration did not pick that up, even though more information became available as we saw the hoax, the Russia hoax. We saw discrimin- we saw uh, discrediting uh, text messages from FBI agents that showed bias. The, the Trump administration didn't pick that up and run with it. I'm told by those in the White House is because they didn't want to create a political circus like we see happening right now. I, I'm struggling to find this not having a political motive. Help me here. Well, I, I, think, I think your instincts are right. I think uh, there's a lot of political overtones to, to what's going on here. And I think if you just look back at the, at the history of our country, we've got, uh, you know, two centuries of kind of precedent where we don't go after former presidents. We don't harass them um, and, and we don't persecute them because we don't like what they said or what they did politically. And I think what A.G. Garland and the Biden administration did, they basically threw that, that precedent out. And they said, now it's fair game to go after uh, a former president and to do a, you know, a very public style raid with 30, 40, 50 officers when he's not there. And when there's a skeleton crew at that at that residence, why did you need that many folks? Uh, Why did you need that search warrant at that time? So I think there's a lot of unanswered questions, but absolutely, this is very different from the norm. Um, and it's it's very, very unusual. And again, the administration is not providing answers. They're not being transparent with the American people. And we see this on issue after issue after issue with this administration. Uh, it's sort of don't believe your lying eyes, right? Don't believe what your eyes and your heart are telling you. You have it wrong. We have it right. Uh, and they again, they they the American people deserve to to know and to have more information about what's going on here. I want to talk a little bit about the process, how this judge, this federal magistrate in Florida, was selected to present this information. By the way, the attorney general saying that he is going to ask the judge to release the warrant 
Uh, the search warrant only contains limited information. It's the affidavit that the agents uh, that the federal government filed to get the search warrant that contains all the information to my, uh, you know, based on my previous experience in law enforcement. And that's not being requested. So what's released, if it is released, is going to be very limited in the information it provides. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. I think the affidavit is really where you have the majority of the information, I think, that provide the most transparency about really what were they seeking very, very specifically um, that they needed to do this type of raid to take this type of aggressive action that's out of the norm. What was so, uh, you know, what was the national security basis? Because I assume that's what they're talking about here. Um, and that's laid out in the affidavit. I don't think we're going to get that information from the search warrant. So, again, again, the administration, the Department of Justice needs to be more transparent with the American people. Now, they will say that this is the way it's always done, right? They don't talk and they don't they don't give press conferences about warrants and active investigations. And I understand that. I've, I've been part of law enforcement agencies. This is so unique. This is so unusual that I think it's it's certainly appropriate for the Department of Justice to start talking, to start saying things and doing things that they normally wouldn't do, uh, because it's not every day, again, that you're going to raid a former president's home in the manner in which they did. Well, and what I'm hearing, Chad, from people across the country is is fear. Uh, and, and I don't think Americans should live in fear of their government. But they're saying if the president, the former president of the United States, had his home and a man's home is his castle being raided by the federal government, then who in this country is safe? Well, that's right. Uh, I think we've seen it, unfortunately, over the last 16 or 17 months. What we are saying is the, is the weaponization of the levers of government, right? We had the AG talking about how uh, parents should be targeted because if they show up at a school board and voice their opinions about what's going on, about what their their children are being taught, well, maybe they could be uh, labeled as a domestic terrorist and use the level, the levers of the federal government to come after them. So it's not just in this one case, but this one case actually uh, is bringing it to, to the light now is how do you selectively use your law enforcement discretion to go after your political opponents? And I think whether you see it from, uh, again, you know, what's going on on January 6th and Peter Navarro and, and former President Trump, these things are only happening to one select group of individuals, and that's conservatives or those on the right. And, and you said it at the top, you know, Hillary Clinton and, and others on the left don't receive the same type of scrutiny, don't receive the same type of actions from the federal government. And that's where it's, it's a basic premise of fairness that I think most Americans are saying something doesn't smell right here. It doesn't it doesn't seem right. And we need more information to make better judgments. I think you're absolutely right. My concern is I don't think we're going to get that information out of this administration. I think it's going to uh, to be a hard long slog to get that type of information and to uh, to correct yeah. this. Chad Wolf, we're out of time. Always great to see you. Thanks so much for uh, joining us on this Friday. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. You know, I think it's going to be after the next election when uh, hopefully and that's a part of this solution here is, uh, as I said, I'm going to go back to, to praying. I don't want I'm, I'm not here to make you angry, to incite fear or anger. But we've got to have the facts. We've got to know what's going on. I'm troubled by what I see happening. It's reason to pray, but it's also reason to vote. And one of, your ch one of the challenges I would give you is to find two people who are not, two Christians who are not registered, and get them registered to vote. All right, don't go away, because we're going to continue this conversation looking at what might behind, be behind this and where it might lead. That's next. Don't go away. Would you like to spend consistent time in God's Word? Then join Family Research Council on an exciting journey through the Bible. FRC's two-year Bible reading plan helps you to approach daily Bible reading intentionally. You will dive deeper into the nature of God and how His Word speaks into cultural issues of today. All wisdom comes from God, and He has given us the Bible as a way to understand the world. His Word is necessary in our lives, so much so that Christ said, we are to live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He calls it our daily bread because we need it daily to sustain us and nourish us spiritually, just like food does physically. Start this adventure today with Family Research Council. When you sign up, we'll text you with daily passages and questions that help prepare you for conversations with your friends and family. 
To begin this journey, visit frc.org slash Bible. First Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks for a reason for the hope that we have. The mission of FRC's online center for biblical worldview is to carry out that verse by training Christians to advance and defend the faith in their families, communities, and the public square, as now more than ever, we need to be grounded in the truth of God's word. The Center for Biblical Worldview provides amazing written resources for a wide range of relevant issues, including biblical stances on voting, religious liberty, abortion, marriage, and sexuality. Each of these topics comes as a free downloadable PDF version, abbreviated version, and Spanish translation, along with a prayer guide. To access this written series or to sign up for the Center for Biblical Worldview's monthly newsletter, visit frc.org worldview. Did you know that from as early as 12 weeks, and certainly by 20 weeks, an unborn child can feel pain? Did you know the issue of pornography is growing among women? Did you know that pornography, sex trafficking, and abortion are all linked and on the rise across the globe? Issues such as pornography, human trafficking, drug legalization, and abortion are all violations of human dignity and have resulted in the devaluation of human life in our culture. Family Research Council stands firm on the principle that every life has value, ought to be respected, and has been designed for a unique purpose— Educate yourself on the harms of pornography, human trafficking, and abortion so that you can offer hope and help. Learn more at frc.org forward slash life. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. Good to have you with us on this Friday. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Let me remind you, coming up September the 14th through the 16th, Pray, Vote, Stand Summit in Atlanta, Georgia, for Atlanta, Georgia, First Baptist Church in Atlanta. To find out more, go to PrayVoteStand.org slash summit. The rule of law is a bedrock of American life. It's what makes America unique. But the left has long shown that the Rule of law really only applies when convenient. At most, they give lip service to it. It, it. it never seems to apply if it hinders their political aims. Now, we've seen the left, and, and let me make a distinction here between liberals and leftists. Now, for most of my political life, I was dealing with liberals, conservatives and liberals, but we've seen a transition in the last 10 years. And there's still a few liberals, but they've actually been attacked and silenced by the left as well. You know, People like Chris Matthews, who used to be on his show all the time, Hardball. He was silenced by the left. He was a liberal. We didn't agree on much other than debate is healthy for a society, a free society. The left doesn't see it that way. You know, we've we've seen the left encourage violence and lawlessness to support their worldview and in the process squander the trust and the goodwill of respected institutions. You know, the left's weaponizing of federal agencies against political opponents is nothing new. And conservatives are right to ask questions and have suspicions regarding this latest incident. You know, every student of history knows where lawlessness leads us. It leads us, quite frankly, to anarchy. Joining me now to discuss this is Larry Taunton. He's he's an author, a columnist, and the executive director of the Fixed Point Foundation. He's a student of Soviet history and how their leaders targeted political opponents and I think can offer perspective on how that compares with the events of this week and what we've been seeing, what we've been watching unfold in our own country over the last few years. Uh, Larry, welcome back to the program. Hey, it's good to see you, Tony. Hey, there's so much, uh, Larry, to unpack here. And, and I've been wanting to get you on to talk about uh, kind of the tactics we're seeing in this only uh, you know, accelerated that desire. What? Let me just start with this. What was your initial reaction to the FBI raid of former President Trump? Um, I I would like to say that it was um, a response of shock, but uh, sadly it was not. This seems to me to be very much 
in order with what we're seeing from these new kind of Democrats, as, uh, as you quite rightly point out. I, I too, did, uh, did hardball. I enjoyed my interactions with guys like Chris Matthews. But we're dealing, we're dealing now with Marxists. You know, and I, I here's my concern. And I, this is the reason I, I'm on vacation, but I came in to do this program because I, I just feel a lot of people are asking questions. People are reacting in different ways. I think it's very important we don't play into the hands of those who are, I think, inciting conservatives. I think January the 6th was a, 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 a product, an outcome, uh, which I, I have spoken uh, repeatedly that I, and denounced that criminal and uh, illegal activity. I in no form or fashion supported it, but I believe it was the outcome of the lawlessness that ran across the country, uh, you know, beginning in the summer of 2020. And I, and I think it, it somewhat incited conservatives, and I want to be very careful that conservatives don't fall for this. And, and so I want to play this clip of uh, Senator Marco Rubio, who was on Fox News uh, the other night responding to this raid of President Trump's home. Let's play clip number five, please. And I'm telling you the next thing you're going to see here, Sean, because it's the playbook. And that is they are now going to begin to say, oh, these Trump supporters, these Republicans, they're very upset. They're saying very angry things. We think they might be a threat. We think they're radical extremists. Let's start arresting them. You're going the next step in this process is going to be that people who are supporters of Donald Trump's or just conservatives complaining about this are going to begin to get harassed by are going to begin to get labeled as potential insurrectionists and are going to begin to get harassed uh, by law enforcement. That's the next step in this playbook, sadly. Now, Larry, you, you probably thought you uh, chose the uh, wrong course of, uh, of study as a graduate student, being that the, uh, the, the, when Russia collapsed, the uh, Soviet Union. But you were a graduate student of Russian history and Marxism back in the, uh, the 1990s when everybody thought it was uh, going away. Um, but we see that Marxism is alive and well. Is, is Senator Rubio on target with what he's saying? Yeah, and uh, and I'd even say he's 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 speaking of something you know ex post facto. I mean, we're already seeing this sort of thing being done. Listen, it's all about the acquisition of power for the left. It, it has they're, they're willing to play by the rules. They're willing to um, you know observe Supreme Court rulings. Um, so long as they get the outcome they want. The moment they do not, um, they begin to subvert the rules. I, I mean, let's just consider what happened this, this past week, which I think they thought they would, would uh, um, slip this news out, that it would be hidden behind uh, what they thought was going to be a very big bump um, for them um, in the, uh, the Mar-a-Lago raid, and that is the news that the IRS is doubling its size, that it is hiring an additional 87,000 agents. And I'm sure you've seen this, Tony, that their uh, you know, job requirements are that they be willing to carry a sidearm, that they be uh, willing to use lethal force to participate in searches, seizures, and arrests. There was nothing on this about any ability to use a calculator or having uh, any experience whatsoever in accounting or mathematics. This was all about violence. And this is what the left is about. They are coming for you. I, I suspect that somewhere in the, uh, the job description is to target white people and conservative groups. And I think the reason that they raided Mar-a-Lago is because the January 6th hearings which uh, have the the look of a Stalinist uh, style show trial simply haven't resulted in the decline in support for Trump, who they fear. I mean, this this attack on on uh, this raid on Mar-a-Lago is is uh, reveals the obvious fact that they fear him most of all as a political opponent in 2024. And since they weren't getting what they wanted out of the January 6 hearings, they decided that this perhaps would would give them that bump. And of course, it's resulted in exactly the opposite. It's galvanized support for Trump. Yeah, I, I, you're absolutely right. All right, Larry, we're up against a break. We're going to come back and uh, continue this conversation. Uh, folks, I want to encourage you to stay with us because I'm going to continue my conversation uh, with Larry Taunton. Uh, and, and then uh, we're going to be joined by uh, my good friend, Pastor Jack Hibbs, Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, as we talk about what do we do with this information now that we have it. 
Again, check out the website, TonyPerkins.com, and also the Pray Vote Stand Summit, September 14th through the 16th. Sign up now. Don't go away. We're back after this. Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org internships to apply. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. Good to have you with us. Website, TonyPerkins.com. All right, my guest, uh, Larry Taunton, he's, he's an author, a columnist, and the executive director of Fixed Point Foundation and a student of Marxism. Uh, Larry, thanks so much for, uh, for sticking around. I, I want to go back to, uh, to something I, I, I touched on earlier, and that is how we respond to this, because I my, I'm, I'm certainly not the expert that you are, but I've uh, I've worked with oppressive, tyrannical governments uh, in different capacities, uh, not for them, uh, but worked uh, to counter them. The what I see is this desire to incite so that they can then exercise more authority, cracking down on what they say are threats to the system. That's when they use the levers of government to accomplish their purposes. Is that um, what you see happening here, or a possibility? Yes, I, I think it's very much a tactic of the left um, to accuse you of the very things that they're doing. Um, they commit violence. They accuse you of violence. Uh, they put out all kinds of false information. They accuse you of doing it. Uh, what I think we're going to see next, and I'm just guessing here, Tony, uh, but I, I think what we're going to see is an effort to, um, you know, in, a, in a, a steady drip kind of fashion to release salacious um, uh, information, things they think will be damaging uh, about Trump, that they, that they saw at, uh, at Mar-a-Lago, that they found at, at Mar-a-Lago. You know, I was recently there, and I, you know, I, I didn't see any nuclear launch codes in uh, Melania Trump's uh, closet. But I think we're going to hear that they, you know, uh, they, they, they saw immigrants, you know, chained in his basement, or they saw ED medication, or they saw something, anything. They'll fabricate it to say that these are the things that they discovered, a bust of, uh, you know, of Adolf Hitler, you know, on his bedside. I think you're going to see these kinds of things. And I think the way we respond to this is we have to become more savvy in the way that we process the news. We have to understand yeah. that our news sources are by and large not reliable. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. But I, I will say this, you know, based on the, the since 2016, they've pretty much thrown everything they can at President Trump. Mm -hmm. And and these institutions, including the media, have lost credibility with the American public. And I and again, I, I'm not 
I'm not saying the president, maybe he did do something. Maybe he improperly or mistakenly retained documents. I don't know. I mean, we, we know that Hillary Clinton did that. We know that for a fact. But, you know, she wasn't uh, paraded out of her, her home, wasn't raided. Uh, she wasn't paraded out in handcuffs. Um, and, and I think even though, you know, we, we, you know, that saying at some of the Trump rallies, lock her up, you know, I think Americans you know, want justice. But I don't even think many conservatives would want political leaders, even on the other side, mistreated and, and, and treated in such a fashion that shakes our very concept of justice and dignity in this country. And I think that's the problem here with the way President Trump was dealt with, is that it is, it is improper uh, in treating a former president in this way. There, there was a, as I was just talking with Chad Wolf earlier, if there's a lesser means of accomplishing the outcome here, that's what the Department of Justice should have done. Yeah, well, um, you know, that's actually a very good point, Tony, because when Trump became president of the United States, he actually, he, you know, uh, um, you know, did not take any kind of aggressive action towards Hillary Clinton. There was a lot of aggressive language, but he didn't actually take any action against Hillary Clinton or any of his political enemies. Right. Um, and uh, and it's quite telling that, that Democrats now having power, they, they, listen, they're not willing to give up power. And this is all part of the playbook that Rubio is talking about. It's about hanging on to power no matter what. And that means intimidating your opponents. That means, um, you know, hiring additional IRS agents in order to seize their assets. Uh, it means violence in the streets. We'll see more and more of this, and we'll see an escalation of it. But we cannot give in to it. I mean, lawlessness will not counteract lawlessness. Yeah, I, I agree with, with, with that uh, insofar as we uh, we have to adhere to the principles of our Constitution. On the other hand, it is important that we we understand, and I feel like Republicans aren't getting this. For instance, I keep seeing, Tony, references to how November is going to be a wipeout uh, against Democrats. Now, let's think about this logically. I don't think Democrats are stupid, and yet they are behaving towards American citizens with utter impunity. Um, they are doing things like this raid. Now, why would they be doing that in an election year? Uh, you only do that if you think the fix is in. I mean, Biden barely, you know, campaigned for president of the United States, and somehow, magically, he gets more votes than any president in U.S. history. We have to wake up to the fact that that we are now seeing banana republic-like tactics being used in American politics, and we have to be prepared to be vigilant and to resist it. I, I agree. And, and I think part of that, uh, as we're going to talk about next, is we need to be praying, but we also need to be working. And I think every believer in America should go out and find two or three people who are, who are also believers, who are not registered to vote and make sure they're voting. I think we have to overwhelm them at the ballot box. We also have to be become poll watchers. Uh, we need to, to campaign. We need to, to give money to candidates. We've got to be fully engaged, or I think you're right. I think we could lose the country. Larry, we're out of time. Always great to talk with you. Thanks so much for joining us on this Friday. Hey, great to be with you, Tony. All right, folks, uh, coming up on the other side of the break, I'm going to be joined by my good friend, Pastor Jack Hibbs of Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. What do we do with the information we've gained here? How do we respond? That's what we're going to talk about next here on Washington Watch. So don't miss this. You, you'll want to tune in for this conversation coming up next. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. 
They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. With the increase in tech censorship of conservatives and Christians, Family Research Council created a tech subscription platform to be sure we don't go completely dark due to censorship. It is important to us that we stay connected with you and that you stay informed. So if we get canceled, you can still access updates on faith, family, and freedom. How? Just text STAND to 67742 to sign up for our text alerts, and you will get FRC's content straight to your phone. Again, just text STAND to 67742, and you will get alerts on the biggest stories of the day. With just a simple text, always have access to our content and stay informed and connected with like-minded community. Text S-T-A-N-D to 67742. That's STAND to 67742. Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org slash internships to apply. Well, this week's events were unprecedented and they were unsettling. You know, for the first time in American history, the residence of a former president and potential presidential candidate was raided by federal law enforcement officers. Now, I, I don't care if it's Republican, Democrat. I would probably respond the same way. I mean, really? Do we need that? I don't I actually I don't like to see anyone's home raided by police. And I, I say that as a former police officer. I actually had to execute warrants uh, in, in my role as a police officer. Um, you know, that a home, as I said earlier, a, a, a man's home is his castle. And, and it, it has to be a last resort to invade someone's home. Well, reactions from many have been severe, with civil war trending on social media and more disturbingly, a shooting yesterday outside an FBI's building in, uh, in Cincinnati. You know, as Christians, how should we respond to this growing spirit of lawlessness? I just happened to be reading yesterday Psalm 119, and verse 61 struck me, and this is what it says. The cords of the wicked have bound me. But I have not forgotten your law. In other words, the snares of the wicked have, have robbed me. They've taken something from me. But I, I've not forgotten your law. Now, what does that mean? Well, I mean, I think it means vengeance is mine, says the Lord. He is justice. But this is, I think, a, a very important point, especially given where our society is today, on the verge of anarchy, because of the lawless deeds of those who reject God's truth. We must not respond in kind with lawlessness. Now, Peter writes about this over in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 15. He says, For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God. Now, I'm not saying, you know, we, we need to, to, to lay down as doormats or ignore what is happening. Like, I'm a veteran of the Marine Corps. I've taken an oath to protect and defend the Constitution. I've been a police officer. I've been elected official. I love this country. But I believe there's a way to go about this. As I said at the start of this program, my goal here today is not to incite fear of nor uh, anger toward our government. 
but rather as Christians know how to respond in this hour. And joining me now to discuss this, my good friend, Pastor Jack Hibbs, senior pastor of Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, my battle buddy. Pastor Jack, welcome back to the program. Tony, thanks for having me on this very special program. It's heavy, no doubt, but um, let's let's get into it. It is, and I, and you and I have been texting uh, through the course of the week, and, and I, I want to get your response to this as a pastor in terms of, you know, I know you're connected politically. You, you watch what's going on. You're leading your flock. Um, let's talk about how we process what we've seen this week. Yeah. You know, first of all, I would start with the fact that Jesus, who gathered his disciples and called them together, right? Uh, one of them, at least, was a zealot. And that's what we've seen some some zealots or the spirit of being zealots uh, rise up. And uh, Jesus made it very, very clear that uh, his kingdom was not of this world. And in doing so, he assembled these 12 men that were so diverse in, in so many ways and brought them under a uniform code of the the spirit of the law, which is a relationship with God himself personally. What does that mean? So we are at a stage right now where it is, in my opinion, Tony, uh, very much of a trap for anyone to get their emotions ahead of their theology and even if you're listening to this program right now and you're not a Christian, to get your emotions ahead of your logic and reason, you mentioned Cincinnati. This is exactly what we're not to do. Uh, we are not to step into what very well could be a trap to incite us. Maybe that's what they're playing upon. Maybe there's uh, the desire that uh, January 6th, if it didn't prove to be enough, that something could be incited. So don't fall for that. Uh, don't don't get in over your skis, so to speak. The other thing is this, and you said it mo- a moment ago with Larry. Um, we're not saying also to lay down and surrender and give up our nation. What we must do as believers is be led by the Spirit of God. Everything that we say and do is anchored in the Word of God. And remember this. That, Tony, what you and I want to see happen at a time like this is not emotional anger, but righteous anger. Now, the unbeliever is not going to understand what you and I are talking about, but there Mm -hmm. is a righteous indignation to injustice and wrong. And the Lord taught us that himself. So anything of violence at this time, anything of, of, of ugly retaliation is wrong. For the believer, we are to be praying at the same time, ears on, eyes open, because we do have a nation to protect. What we want to do is operate within the confines of our Constitution, even though the other team doesn't seem to care about that at all. We don't get down into the mud with them, but at the same time, and Tony, I know that you and I have talked about this for the last several years. At the same time, we have to be careful as believers that we don't make um, being polite some sort of fruit of the Spirit. And I don't mean to be ugly. I'm not, I'm not being ugly at all on this. What I'm saying is, a be- as believers, we need to speak the truth in love and not roll over it and, and, and surrender. There's a way to do that that is led by the Spirit of God. And it is utmost importance that we conduct ourselves wisely. We don't let our emotions control us. We be led by the Spirit of God. And you read it a moment ago out of Psalm 119, and the Lord, the Lord, the vengeance is of God. Uh, we stand for truth, and we need to make that very clear. Uh, and we need to do it respectfully, but firmly. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a little harder for Christians to engage in the world, although we're called to, we're not of the world. We're not, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're in it, but we're not of it. We, we, we should not, we cannot shrink back from standing for truth, but we must do so according to, to biblical principles. And I, and I, I want to, um, you know, a, a part of I mean, this program, obviously coming from a biblical worldview, 
we need to understand the times in which we live. And lawlessness is being unleashed in this age in which we're in. And it's only going to, I think, intensify. But it's interesting. Last week, President Biden uh, in the White House had a nearly two-hour private history lesson with a group of academics who raised alarms about the dire condition of democracy here at home. They, 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 uh, they were comparing the threat facing America to the pre-Civil War era and to pro-fascist movements before World War II. So the, even before the president and the White House said they didn't authorize this raid, but I can't imagine they did not have knowledge of this raid. But the president was warned of the political climate. But we see behind the political climate, the spiritual climate, and it's that lawlessness, the, the, the spirit of lawlessness has already been released in this age. Yeah. Tony, well said. That's exactly what we're looking at. People have a tendency in the flesh, in the emotions, to look at the person in front of them as being the problem, when as believers, we look at the powers behind that individual. So how do we know? How can we tell? By, by what is being produced. So you ask yourself, with the lawlessness— with what seemingly appears to be a vast majority of our government leaders departing from the Constitution, breeding this, this, um, this air and atmosphere of confusion and fear. Again, Larry Totten said it perfectly well. To stir up a situation and create a problem uh, whereby they step in and, and take power. This is unconstitutional. You and I love the Constitution. We understand its origins and how it honors God and honors the individual rights of every person. But, Tony, clearly there are those who uh, do not believe that. We have people in power today that do not believe in the Constitution. And this has been going on for a long time now. And is it possible, Tony, that we as believers are watching uh, the the, the the death throes, as it were, of our republic. Uh, Lincoln made it very clear that we're too strong to be destroyed from the outside, that if we're ever going to be destroyed, it would be from within. So could right. we be waking up to something that has been ongoing? If true, how should the believer respond? I actually think, Tony, the only hope is for the believer to vote like they've never voted before. Well, that, that's where I want to go now. In the in the in the five minutes or so we have left, uh, I, I want to. We, we've now we spent the whole program kind of analyzing the situation with information, kind of both the political, the spiritual. What do we do? And and, and I have found that uh, we use three action steps, which seem to cover the landscape. One is to pray, vote, and stand, stand for truth. So I want to first ask when we look at the prayer. I think as, as believers, that's where we need to start. How should believers be praying right now, Pastor Jack? I Well, I have to tell you, this is one reporter's opinion. This is how I'm praying. Dear God, please expose the lies and falsehood that is tearing our nation apart. Reveal those. Bring them to the surface. The scripture says to us to expose wickedness. There's no greater way than for God to do that. And so I lean to him to do that. Secondly, I want to pray that those who are in power, and Tony, you know so many of them, who are good men and women, who are either believers and love the Lord, or they are not believers, but they love America and the Constitution. Pray that our leaders who know truth stand up and speak up and, and frankly, use the God-given authority that they have inherited from the Lord as an elected official to use that that opportunity rightly. And then thirdly, I would say this, that when we pray, we need to pray for God's will to be done and for us as believers to literally receive from the Lord uh, his, his determination. That's hard for me to say, Tony, in this way, because I love this country. I want this country to continue. I've got grandkids. I want the best to be ahead. Yet at the same time, Tony, I know Bible prophecy. And I know that at some point in time, Israel will have to stand alone someday. So I'm praying, Lord, expose the wickedness, but at the same time, strengthen our leaders that are right with you. And Lord, please send revival to our nation. And I, I do believe, and I hope we get to it before we end, that 
it's at the doorstep, it's at the feet right now of Christians and good people to really seriously vote. Because there's an atmosphere right now, Tony. Why should I vote? It's all a mess. Right. I'll just stay home. Well, and, and that is the next step. But I think prayer is the, is first, and it's essential because it helps us get our proper bearings. Because we, uh, and I would probably throw in with prayer Bible reading, we need to realize where we are in the context of human history and that we're not alone in in experiencing lawlessness uh, and experiencing what we are. Others have, but God has been faithful. His word is true. Uh, God is not going to abandon his people. But we live in a unique time. We live in a constitutional republic. We have the ability to check, to select our leaders. And I know there are questions about the the, the system and how it was corrupted in 2020. Uh, But this is the, the opportunity we have, I believe, and I said this earlier, is challenging Christians to go and find three, two or three unregistered Christians, make sure they're registered, and then make sure they're voting. We need to overwhelm if you if you want to take action in response to what we see happening, overwhelm them at the ballot box. Tony, imagine if every believer voted, did exactly what you just said. People right now are thinking and saying, it doesn't matter. The cheat is on. What can I do? I am personally devoting efforts to make it be known that If everyone got out to vote, imagine this. You want to stop fraud? Overwhelm the fraud. Overwhelm the fraud or shenanigans that is either factual or whatever by voting. You see, well, how does that fix anything? If everybody got out and voted, it would so overwhelm any ulterior motive. In other words, if enough people voted, if someone's going to cheat, they can't cheat enough to to undo right. that. It's that simple. But here's my concern, Tony, and I've shared this with you privately. I don't have much faith in my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ to have enough energy to get up off their couch and go vote like it's too much of an expense. I mean, you you dedicated in, in your your a good chunk of your life to preserving our freedoms. Will the Christian get up and go to their local polling station? And vote, will they sacrifice that? That's what I'm doing here. I am saying, people, get up and go. And for crying out loud, get up off the pew at our church, go to the courtyard and register to vote, because that's what we do 52 weeks out of the year. You can register to vote at our church. And imagine if those people who register vote, then the the other side, now I'm being nice now, assuming that there is cheating, you can't cheat enough to overwhelm right. that magnitude of vote. He goes right back to what you said. It comes. It, this will be at the feet of the church. We yeah. have a responsibility here to pray, to vote our biblical values, and to stand for that uh, biblical truth. Pastor Jack, we're uh, we're out of time. Always great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on this Friday. Tony, thank you. I love you, man. I can't wait to see you again. All right, I love you too, brother. Well, folks, you heard it. We need to pray. Pray for this country like we've never prayed before. And we need to vote. We don't need to throw in the towel. We don't need to get angry. We don't need to be fearful. We need to be vigilant. And we need to stand for that truth no matter what. All right. Until next time, I leave you with the encouraging word of the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says, you've done everything you can do when you've prayed, prepared, and taken your stand. By all means, Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234. 